Hi there, and welcome to Jesse's Writing Clubhouse podcast. This is episode one. I wanted to kind of start off this episode just kind of talking about what this kind of podcast is going to include and what you can expect to hear going forward. This podcast is sort of my newsletter for fans of my writing, fans of my stories, or anything that they want to connect with me on, such as like video games, movies, TV shows, my books, or any books in general. I'm a fan of a lot of different forms of media, so I'd like to connect with other people that can kind of relate. But primarily what I'm going to be talking about on this podcast is my writing, publishing world, story structure, story in general, along with the characters that I feature in my books. So I hope you all will enjoy that as we go forward. So kind of to start this off with who am I? Who is this person that is speaking? Well, it's me. <laughs> my name is Jessica Giaquinto. I write under the pen name J.A. Giaquinto. I started off writing fan fiction when I was 12, so that was always fun. I think everybody has a fan fiction story where they've written it and it's like, oh, this needs some serious editing work, but you still post it anyway, even though it's not perfect. But suffice it to say, I cut my teeth very young on writing romance in various fandoms, and I started writing professionally in 2018 with my first set of books in the Reaper series, which I will cover in another podcast. But I started writing the first three of a seven book series and that was a mistake to try to start off with, mostly just due to the amount of work that was required to write a seven book series. So, and I was also writing in a genre that I wasn't too enthused about, but it did help to build up my writing ability to where I feel comfortable enough writing what I really love, which is um, adult romance uh, with LGBT characters. And that's kind of where I find myself now. Currently, my publishing catalog is kind of sparse. As I said, the Reaper series, which has three books in it right now, is Stand Up, Fight Back, which is book one, Stand Up, Break Out, which is book two, and Stand Up, Obtain Control, which is book three. It follows a girl named Piper who can see what's called the Grim Reaper. More poignantly, multiple Grim Reapers. And she works with her friends to not only solve mysteries, but also to stop another Grim Reaper from destroying the world. Now, <laughs> I'm going to preface this and say this set of books will be available forever. They will actually be unpublished in the near future because I do plan to rewrite it because I haven't completed the series and I don't like the direction that it was kind of going in. So I need to actually plot it out and do my due diligence with it and give it the respect that it deserves. And I will be republishing it as an adult story, not a young adult, which is the genre that I wasn't too enthused about. But the stories that I am enthused about is what I'm currently writing right now, which is my Hunter x Slayer series. It is a series of vampire and werewolf romances in the paranormal romance kind of category. 
heavy emphasis on psychology and romance in this. Each book is a standalone, but is part of a larger world. It starts with The Hunter and the Cultist. That one is book one and features the characters Gustav and Abel, which I will talk about in later episodes, but I wanted to at least give you a preface of what's going on. Hunter and the Cultist follows Gustav and Abel as Gustav is a rogue hunter, which he hunts bad vampires, and he follows them into a Old Testament style cult where he meets his life mate Abel, who is a member of this cult. And the misadventures and dealing with Gustav's past and Abel's loss of faith. So it's a pretty good book, if I do say so myself. <laughs> but that has also leapt off into working on book two, which is The Slayer and the Spy, which follows two characters you meet during The Hunter and the Cultist named Cain and Bastion. I am still in the process of getting this finished. I am in about the final edits section and I am enjoying it for what I've been able to do, I did struggle with the second draft, but that was due to some personal life issues that happened during uh, the end of last year. And I'm ready to be done with this book so that I can actually get it out to readers because I know a lot of people who read book one were really wanting to read book two with this particular couple. So I'm super excited to bring that to you. That leads into book three, which is The Gamer and the Hacker, which is a female-female romance. And that features two characters that are also seen in book two, trying to kind of connect each one of them. And this is for a woman named Colette and May. Now, I'm not going to give like summaries to the Slayer and the Spy and the Gamer and the Hacker until their respective episodes because those haven't been published yet. And I want to get you to come back so you can see what these two are involving. But I promise I don't have any problems with spoilers, but I do want to keep some things back because I am still working on these. Slayer and the Spy is into the final rounds of edits while the Gamer and the Hacker is into the second edit where I'm doing developmental work. Yay! Drafting again! Which normally I love, but this one has just been difficult because I'm so far removed from the original draft because of the aforementioned issues I had last year. So we'll see how that goes. So far I'm about two chapters in and I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> but anyway... I do have plans for various other series, including a, uh, a serial that I do want to have written and ready for Patreon subscribers who want to follow me. I will be setting that up in the coming months. It's a lot of work, so I gotta take time when I need to. I also am working on building up worlds for a space opera and a superhero series, which are both pretty like world building heavy. So I don't want to give too much away because I'm still building that. <laughs> but basically they'd be in the same kind of vein as the Hunter x Slayer series where each one is a standalone and each one features a couple per book. And I'm really excited for the sci-fi one because of the different aspects of world building and the superhero one is one that's kind of like close to my heart because it has also come from building it with one of my good friends. So I'm really excited about both of those. Currently, my writing process, if you want to call it a process, is that I usually will do an outline first, or at least some scene ideas. Like I'll take a couple, say couple A, couple B, and 
I will figure out, it's like, okay, what's some funny things that I want to happen during a particular book? And as I kind of think of some funny things happening, a plot will kind of come to mind. But then I'll also think about it like, okay, well, what is this character's problem? What do they need to solve by the end of the book? And I will break all that down. I'll go through how I do all this uh, in a later one. I'm starting to sound like Elton Brown on Goodies. It's like, that's another show. <laughs> But yeah, it's kind of a labor intensive process in the beginning. But then I move on to a lot of people would call it like a zero draft, but I just call it a first draft. It's like I basically get down what happens. I'll use scene cards so that it's like, okay, I know what scene is coming and just right from there, basically let the story guide me through each scene. And then once I'm done with that, I will put it through Grammarly because I do enjoy Grammarly for finding my mistakes. <laughs> and I also will print it out, usually at Office Max or Office Depot, whichever one is nearby. And then I will take a couple of different markers, mark down like missing scenes and description needed or anything like that. And then I will do second draft, which is adding in those scenes and basically doing as much as I can to blow it up because I'm an underwriter. So my drafts tend to be a little anemic. And then I will move on from the second draft into line edits where I'll use text-to-speech to listen to something else read my book to me because as writers I think we can all attest to mentally fixing it but never actually seeing that there was a problem. But when you have like a robot voice reading it to you, you see all the problems. <laughs> so... That's where I currently am with the Slayer and the Spy. And then from there, I input edits and have it beta readers take a look at it and then do one final run through. If I need to, I'll do another text-to-speech edit, but most of the time I don't. Then I'll just publish it from there. That's my current writing process, but as I think us writers can attest, a lot of things change from book to book, like different books require a different set of outlining skills or drafting skills or editing skills. And it's it's a lot of fun that it's so fluid, but it also is very frustrating at times. <laughs> That's kind of what my process is. So you can kind of keep track of where I am. A lot of the stuff that I haven't like actively drafted is still like in the outlining phase. I did have some draft of the sci-fi and the superhero one but because of some computer glitches I lost those drafts so I have to start from square one yay always fun but now I'm smarter I can figure stuff out now <laughs> but anyway so moving on um, I mentioned at the top of this that I do have a various area of interest such as movies, TV shows, video games, other books. Primarily, those are the four that I tend to gravitate towards. Books, I will tend to take in audiobook-wise because I tend to fall asleep when I read an ebook and paperback just sometimes I skim the page because I have ADHD and mild autism. So it's like, um... Skim page. If there's way too much exposition, I tend to just kind of like blank out and start seeing uh, dialogue. <laughs> so that's kind of what informs my way of writing as well, because I love dialogue. Dialogue is great. Exposition I struggle with. I actually had a an early beta reader who said it's like, you you 
write scripts, don't you? It's like, well, I've taken various theater classes. And it's like, very is obvious in your writing. <laughs> it's like, you write like a script writer. I'm like, that makes sense. <laughs> Lots of uh, dialogue, not a whole hell of a lot of description. So I've actively had to try and force the description. I also very much like movies. I tend to gravitate towards movies with like really solid plot and romance is one that I very much enjoy. I will say that some of the older romance, like some of the stuff that came out of the rom-com genre, a little cringy, but then again, it's like product of its time. So you just gotta kind of look into that kind of uh, process because you can judge anything based off of what it looks like from a modern perspective but if you look at it from it's like okay these were the feelings of the time and it's like okay that's understandable you don't have to engage in it if that's something that really bothers you so just move on that's kind of how i feel about some games because i'm a big video game nerd i love tabletop i grew up basically on nintendo playstation and then i got an xbox and i have a whole bunch of video games i did do pc gaming for a while but nothing further than like sims and nancy drew games <laughs> So I'm a big puzzle person. I love open world games for the most part. Some of them get a little overwhelming, but I do enjoy games that have a really solid plot to them and one that allows me to really get invested in the characters. And one of the ones that really kind of kicked me in the teeth from, I think it was last year, I played through Cyberpunk 2077. I was kind of kicked in the teeth by that, especially by the realizations towards the end. And then I was like just devastated by what was going on. And I'm like, uh, why? Now, if I had done my due diligence and actually looked into the cyberpunk genre, I probably could have had some idea of it's like, okay, I th this is actually a norm thing. So, but I also got into Mass Effect just recently and I completed two run-throughs of the original trilogy and I've played through Andromeda twice, I think. And like, I understand people don't like Andromeda for X, Y, and Z reasons, but it's all personal preference. And I think Andromeda is actually better than the trilogy. Unpopular opinion, I'm going to probably preface this, but I do think Andromeda is better. I do enjoy games with like a really strong story where you can really get close to the characters and the side characters and the story. And it's just one of the things I love. Then that leads into TV shows. I don't watch, I don't start a lot of new TV shows, mostly because it's like, do I want to do that investment? Because <laughs> I'm a binge watcher. I will binge watch the crap out of something. But it's like, uh, do I have the mental space to be able to handle this 10 to 12 season show? But I will say that there have been some exceptions where it's like, wow, I have gotten so sucked in. And one of those ones was for Leverage, which was a show that aired during, I believe it was the early 2000s or mid 2000s about a group of uh thieves in various realms and it's just such a good show and i'm so glad that they brought back a redemption like a sequel series so i'm hoping that they end up adding more to that so i tend to take ideas from various interests and i put them into my books and i do end up getting like snippets of ideas also from reading 
because I primarily have read adult romance for as long as I can remember. I did read through like the Harry Potter series. I read through, I think, the first four books of the Cirque du Freak series. I didn't read a lot of the mainstream stuff. Like I didn't read Twilight. I didn't read Percy Jackson. I didn't read the Vampire Academy. And I don't think I missed out on anything because I got a lot of it from osmosis from other people. <laughs> But I do enjoy reading the adult books. I actually had a very large collection of adult romances, like the Bodice Ripper ones. Those ones were wild. But when I started actually looking into getting back into reading uh, a couple of years back when I started writing again, I'm like, maybe I could find books with like gay and lesbian characters. And I started finding a whole world of uh, authors who that's primarily what they wrote. They wrote LGBT characters and characters who were in homosexual relationships. And I'm like, this is the kind of stuff I was wishing for when I was younger. So now that is primarily what I read. And I've made a lot of friends with others in the community who are very much like me, who enjoy reading LGBT works. And I'm slowly building up my catalog of books and getting rid of old ones that it's like I've either held on to for years and I never read or books that I read and it's like looking back on it, it's like, was this actually good or was this just me enjoying a, a story and getting something out of it? But then realizing that it's like, uh, this doesn't really jive with who I am now. So... <laughs> That, it's a lot of like reaffirming what is important to you when it comes to books, especially because books can become a real quick addiction to purchasing and owning and having like a library. So that's kind of where I'm at with that one. The way this all kind of culminates is that if I find a good story, I'll look at it it's like, okay, why did that story affect me so much? Like with cyberpunk, the thing that really kind of hit hard was the inevitability of the ending. And it's like, it tells you from the, from like start of when you can actually like play the game and do like mo the majority of the story. It's like, you cannot change what's going to happen to you. You can change some of the outcome, but inevitably this is what's going to happen. And I felt so like defeated with that. And I think that's probably why I won't look into anything else of the cyberpunk genre because it is very like fatalistic. And that's not what I'm looking for when I'm looking for writing. I'm looking for very much a, I call it's like, it's basically happily ever after, or at least happy for now. <laughs> Because it's like a lot of stories, they can end very good, especially with like a hero triumphing or uh, being triumphant over a bad guy or people making uh, the world better. But it's like, obviously, the world doesn't work like that. And that's why I use a lot of the media that I do to kind of escape that mindset. I do want to feel happy when I get there. I've tried bittersweet endings. I've tried a couple of horror movies that kind of had a bittersweet ending. And I never feel good about that. I never feel like it's like, yeah, it's a bittersweet ending. But there were ways that we could have had a happily ever after. There were ways. So I tend to stay away from like bittersweet endings, tragic endings, which is why I really don't like Romeo and Juliet. Stories where there's like a clearly better off ending for the hero or heroine or whoever you are than when they started. And that's ultimately what I'm looking for in a story. I know there's a lot of people that it's like, well, that's not realistic. That's not how uh, real life is. It's like, well, real life is garbage. Real life is absolute garbage. And 
And if I'm going to look into it for escapism, I'm going to look into it for freaking escapism. And it's like, ultimately, what you get out of media from movies, TV shows, books, games, that's ultimately a personal feeling. Like, I had a lot of friends who looked at the Mass Effect trilogy and how it ended, and it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That's a good way to end it. But I got to the ending not once, but twice, and I can still tell you that I was gutted the first time when I got to the ending, even though I knew what was coming, because the game's not exactly new. But when I did the second one, it's like, this different ending that I went with made more sense. Because it's like, if you go with the ending where it's like you get, okay, just spoiler warning, there is eight total endings you can get at the end of Mass Effect 3. And only one of those eight endings is even remotely positive. Everything else is main character dies. And it's like, why? You ch and it took me until the second tr second run through to understand why they had to go this path because it started off with such high stakes. There was nowhere else for this character to go other than death. And I found that extremely manipulative because there were so many death signals and I was not happy. Like I enjoyed Mass Effect 1 and 2 because it gave me the triumphant ending. Mass Effect 3, on the other hand, yeah, it had a lot of like closure, but I didn't feel like the endings were worth it and it didn't make sense as a story structure. But that's neither here nor there. Can't Put the genie back in the bottle. So again, that's also probably why I liked Andromeda more because you do get a triumphant ending and it's more hopeful. Honestly, in a world that's already garbage, there's nothing wrong with wanting to read and play and listen to media that is hopeful. That's probably why I never really got into like literary fiction where um, it's just describing life in general. It's like, if I want to see life, I'll just open my window or go out into the streets. It's like, I already see that. So I want happily ever after. I want to feel hopeful for what's coming. Even if it's short-lived, I want hope. And that's primarily what I write my stories for as well. It's like, I want there to be hope for a better tomorrow. So welcome to my TED talk. Let's have some hope in this world. <laughs> So I know this is a relatively short one, but I wanted to kind of start off with just kind of a taste of what is to come. One of the other things that I am planning other than obviously Patreon, I am working on the serial, which is going to be novellas that is going to be available for my patrons. And I'm working on novellas for my Hunter x Slayer series. Those are going to be like in between books. So those will also be available eventually. I still have to finish them. And the other thing that I'm going to be having is because I'm an audiobook lover, I have reached out to my really good friend Lux who is a very talented person when it comes to their voice work. And they have graciously offered to do readings of my books and I'm going to be posting them. I'm still debating on where because a lot of podcasts are on like Spotify and all that. But I also want to put it onto YouTube because Spotify will only let you put on like one style of thing. And I want it to be like, I can organize it because I'm kind of an organized mess. So I'm still debating that, but rest assured there will be audio productions of my books for those of you that prefer audio files to actually physically reading it. So be on the lookout for that and I will keep you all updated. This is where I sign off. 
I thank you very much for listening. And you can check out my socials on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And I will leave all the links uh, below if you want to reach out to me. I also uh, do accept messages on Facebook Messenger and Discord. So thank you all for listening and coming into Jessica's uh, writing clubhouse. And I will see you all in the next episode. Bye-bye.